in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. afternoon it is thursday it is in fact good afternoon right now at 106 on this thursday the final day of june this portion of our program is brought to you by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln the delicious meal is waiting for you you know this is a nice afternoon you just heard the forecast and uh we're in for some some comfortable weather i would say um in just looking at you know this afternoon all right a little warm 80 degrees but by and large, tomorrow looks like a very enjoyable day. And then, uh, you know, the long weekend where uh, Saturday's a little iffy, but then Sunday looks nice. As you just heard in the forecast. And then if you are on vacation next week, it looks like you have some some nice weather. So this portion of the program brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, pop in and see them right now. If you're on 146, think of this. You just take the Breakneck Hill Road exit. And right at 40 Breakneck Hill Road, you'll find the Lodge Pub and Eatery since 1994. Check out their website. They have the official website, thelodgepub.com. Be like no other experience. Casual environment, whole family to enjoy, delicious food. They have the pub and eatery can accommodate up to 100 people, several dining areas. And then they have the brand new big deck. You're going to love it. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Bricknick Hill Road in Lincoln. So the big story nationally is now, first of all, I think I'm seeing that they're going to have a busy day at the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court has now gone against the remain in Mexico, which is what President Trump brought in. So that means illegals coming to the border claiming asylum will no longer have to remain in Mexico. I also just want to mention, boy, this story out of New York. Um, stroller mom executed on Manhattan Street among, on, amid manhunt gun outrage mounts. Police say a gunman was wearing all black, fired the single shot, yet in custody. Horrific shooting on the Upper East Side which normally should be nice. This was 8.30 last night, a 911 call. Shots fired near Lexington Avenue and 95th Street. Now, I used to live one mile from there. One mile or two miles? Let's see. A little over a mile. I lived at 68th. 20 blocks is a mile in New York. So, taken to the hospital, pronounced dead. The baby was not hurt. Few details. Top police at a press conference looking at whether the gunman may have had a relationship with the victim or might be the child's father. But still, broad daylight, gunman approached the woman from behind, shot her once in the head, taking off on foot on East 95th. Sources say already recovered video shows the gunman pacing in front of a residence right before the shooting. The shooting was not random. So now that's right near where Dormandy. It's Normandy Court, but they call it Dormandy because a lot of young kids move there after college. I want to play some of this just because it's it's one of those crimes you put up with a lot in New York. And obviously, folks, I think of Manhattan simply because Kate DiPietro is a resident there. Um, She, granted, does not live on the Upper East Side, but she does have friends on the Upper East Side and she's up and around the Upper East Side. Um. But right now, there are massive demonstrations in D.C., abortion rights demonstrations. So we'll see if it's, um, we're going to see if whether or not that's going to spread. But I want to just check some of our our other uh, headlines. Governor McKee is going to sign at the DMV for illegals to get a driver's license coming up at 2 o'clock. Um, I thought of going to that, but it's like, what's the point? Oh, let me see this. Getting a first look, Providence police officer body cam video shootout on Denison Street in February. That's the barricaded man. 
All right, I'll have to go through that. Are they releasing that? Um, let's see. I want to just see there was a press conference on the New York shooting. Boy, that's one of those crimes that just um, rock a city like that. Wow. Well, there's a picture of the 20-year-old shot dead, pushing three-month-old baby in stroller. But it sounds like they're all over it. Uh, Mom killed walking baby on Upper East Side, shot pushing stroller. Let me see. um, I think we should have some sound on this. Shot point blank range. Well, it it, it could be the father. And if they have the video of who it was that was pacing back and forth, then, I mean, that kind of, it sounds like they should have something here. I mean, meaning that they, 20-year-old woman shot the head. Ugh. Upper East Side. Okay, I do have some sound on this. Let me hear this. EMS responded to the scene. Hold on. Officers discovered a 20-year-old female who was unconscious with a gunshot wound to her head. EMS responded to the scene, transported the victim to Metropolitan Hospital, where she was pronounced deceased at 9.20 p.m. Our preliminary investigation revealed the 20-year-old victim was pushing an approximately three-month-old in a baby stroller on East 95th Street when an unknown person approached her and fired a single shot into her head from a very close range. Immediately after the shooting, the suspect fled the scene on foot, heading eastbound on East 95th Street. The oversaturation of guns and dangerous people that repeatedly leave our criminal justice system to continue actions like this, it is what's making the New York City Police Department and other law enforcement agencies here in New York, across the country, and across the country, are difficult to fight this issue. 3,300 guns removed off our streets that were not allowed to hurt innocent people. We're going to continue to move forward. But we do need help from Washington, from the state, from our criminal justice system. We have been clear on that. We're going to find this person that's guilty of this horrific crime. And we're going to find him and bring him to justice. We need the justice system to make sure this innocent person receive that justice. You know, it sounds targeted, though. And what some people don't understand that, but it, 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 a, a targeted crime. Um, Oh, I got to get Providence police have released the body worn camera footage from the dramatic shootout. I want to check. I should be getting some of that. I'll have some of this up later on the website. Um, that's when they had the big shootout with the guy in Denison Street. 61 year old Scott McLean. He barricaded himself in his home 230 domestic violence call. Gunfire started shortly after 6 o'clock, evacuating different homes. Sergeant, I got a family over here, some of this. Where do we go? Across the street, behind that car. Oh, let me play. I think Channel Channel 12 have a piece on this. All right, let me play. This is the, uh, this is just coming down. This should be good. This is the Channel 12 piece on this. Okay. Oh, good. 12 News Now with breaking news on WPRI.com. I'm Tim White. The Providence Police Department has released officer body-worn camera video of a dramatic shootout on Denison Street in Providence from back in February. As you may recall, hundreds of rounds were fired in the incident. In the end, Scott McLean, who was in his 60s, died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, but not until he exchanged fire with police officers in the incident. Now, the video provides our first account from the perspective of Providence Police who responded that night. Here's a piece of what was released. Whoa. 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 Like war zone. Wow. 
Target 12 requested this video through a public records request shortly after the incident, and all police released five videos, which was redacted in part, blurring the faces of some officers and civilians. Oh. The Target 12 team is still working through all of these videos, and we'll update this article and have the very latest wow. 12 News. Wow. Holy cow. Good job by Tim White. Folks, good afternoon at uh, 116. Now, Governor McKee is going to be, oh, let me see if Channel 10 has a package on this. Uh, Governor McKee is going to sign in the legislation, driver's license for illegals this afternoon. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Um, I also disagree with, um, it was uh, Republican uh, Blake Filippi that said, um, it was Blake Filippi that, Representative that that said, you know, I, I I don't know how I can justify that they shouldn't be able to drive. Uh, there's illegals here on Block Island. They teach me Spanish and blah blah. But that that that's not the point. The the sheer cost of them here in Rhode Island is is just beyond outrageous. And and you should not you should not have to foot the bill for it. And I shouldn't. And it's it's in the billions that it costs. Billions of dollars it costs. Taxpayer money. Taxpayer money. Billions that we have to pay. And the whole element of why is because people like the Democrat candidates, they all just use them for votes. That's all it is. That's that's there's no other justification for it so this whole argument no and where Blake Filippi is totally wrong to see I'm coming across something that's a joke Stern Howard Stern wants to run for president I mean that's just like foolish he he's not going to do it he would never release his taxes by the way uh, um but but let's let's just be clear about that Anyone that wants to talk, and Governor McKee won't address that, that why should, here's my big thing. At 118, you're listening to the program right now, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can listen online at the website, depetro.com. There is, why should you have to pay for thousands, thousands of families from Guatemala? In other countries, why should you have to pay for them to just because they don't want to follow the process that's established of how you approach and come into the country? I somebody explain that. There are citizens in other states that don't have to pay it. Why do you have to pay that? Why do we have to pay that? You know what the answer is? You have to pay that because people like Cicilline and Governor McKee, because they want to be in office. Because if you take the illegals out of the mix, I don't believe they do get elected. They do not get elected. So this whole, it's its completely backwards. And, and it should be asked that way. I would have asked Blake Filippi, why do you feel that Rhode Island taxpayers should have to be on the hook for $2 billion in order to pay for all these illegals to to be here. Why is that? Now, um, there's a big decision that came down regarding the, uh, now, the oh, let me just hear this. These are big Supreme Court decisions today. The question we're looking at, can the EPA issue rules capable of reshaping the nation's electricity grids, driving power companies away from fossil fuels? The answer there, technically no, although it's not a complete elimination of its power. It's just reducing what the EPA can actually do when it comes to things like climate change. Of course, uh, profound implications, you know, when it comes to other agencies as well. So let's get right to ABC's senior national correspondent, Terry Moran, who covers the Supreme Court for us. Terry, and Terry, big picture here on both issues. What is the impact across the board? 
two big cases here, really big cases, and President Biden's authority at stake in each one. He won one, he lost one. The win on immigration, as you just said, uh, the remain in Mexico policy that President, former President Trump had established, that President Biden had tried to remove, uh, the court finds that the president does have the authority to end the remain in Mexico policy oh. if he chooses. The states of Texas and Missouri had sued the government trying to make sure that that policy remained in effect. But the court says uh, that the law gives the president discretion to do that and that the Constitution reserves foreign policy questions like will we have negotiations with the nation of Mexico about uh, all the migrants who have to remain there. That is the province of the president. So that's a big win for President Biden. On the law side, that's climate change. And in that case, uh, the court, in both opinions, by the way, by Chief Justice John Roberts, the court sharply limited the ability, the authority of the government, the EPA, to limit climate uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And they did so because they said uh, that that question, as it was addressed in the Obama administration, which set up a cap and trade policy trying to limit climate change emissions, that that is the kind of question that is so large, affects so much of the American economy, that it requires Congress to address it and not an agency of the executive branch. And that not only will affect climate change in a major way, but it will also have ripple effects right through the federal government. Because this is a landmark opinion saying, uh, reviving the notion that on big, big questions of national policy, the national legislature, Congress, must make the law and the agencies execute it. All right, Terry, we'll come back to you in just a bit, but let's drill down on it. You know, that, um, what you just heard, folks, about, especially about the part with uh, illegals in the Remain in Mexico, I, I can't even stress enough um, what a huge. Uh, how much this just opens the floodgates, right? And and it comes back to the whole element. Uh, and President Trump had said, listen, either, either you're going to have a country or you're not going to have a country. Um, so are we going to have, are we going to have borders or not? Right now it's open borders. Right now it is an open border. It has to end. There's nothing, what's the benefit to you? And no one talks about it. This whole business of the, you know, where's all the lack of low-income housing? Well, who, who do you think is living in all the low-income housing units? It's all illegals, and they live way beyond what, you know, what normally would be the limit. I want to go back to, listen to this uh, piece on the Today Show about the uh, young mother on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Really, really brutal, brutal story here. Shot and killed while she was pushing her baby down the street in a stroller. And this is Emily Ketto has the latest on this. Emily, good morning to you. Craig, good morning. There is growing pressure on officials here to address the wave of crime that's plagued New York City for the past two years. Police now hunting for the man they say shot a woman before fleeing on foot, leaving behind a baby who will now grow up without a mother. Oh. Might have been Overnight, the father. A young mother killed in an unthinkable crime. Police say the 20-year-old was pushing her three-month-old baby in a stroller on Manhattan's Upper East Side when a gunman approached her from behind, shot her once in the head, and fled. Police say the infant was thankfully unharmed. Oh. An unattended baby. Infant. The victim has not been publicly identified by police. Overnight, authorities were asked whether this could be a case of domestic violence. Yes. Hearing that it is domestic and it's possibly the father of the baby. Wow. Can't confirm that at this time. It's under investigation. Local residents, including children nearby, mistaking the gunfire for fireworks. And it really frightened me because I was right there at the park playing. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams calling gun violence a national problem. There is a just a no fear in using these guns on innocent uh, New Yorkers. And this is a result of that. And police say the gunman was dressed in all black, including a hooded sweatshirt. Sources telling our NBC station in New York a single shell casing was recovered at the scene. Craig, back to you. There's been an update on that. I believe they... 
sounds like they're moving in on um well they had the video of someone that was pacing back and forth so it was a uh targeted situation folks now i also want to get to um closer to home with um well before i get to that you do have the guy that was arrested locally being part of the uh Supposedly J6. Here's the latest on the hearings in uh, D.C. The 2020 election results. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent and Weekend Today, Coenco Peter Alexander, joins us with the very latest on this. Peter, good morning. Craig, good morning to you. This happened overnight. The January 6th committee issuing that subpoena for the former Trump White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, to testify. Specifically, they're interested in evidence that Cipollone repeatedly raised legal concerns about Mr. Trump's activities leading up to and on January 6th, including Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony this week about Cipollone trying to stop Mr. Trump's original plan to join his, his supporters, some of them armed, as they converged on the Capitol. A lawyer familiar with Cipollone's deliberations tells NBC News that Cipollone needed that subpoena before considering transcribed, not public testimony, and that he's now evaluating what he may be able to tell the committee. Overnight, the committee's top Republican, Liz Cheney, praised Hutchinson's bravery and fiercely criticized those refusing to testify while slamming the former president as what she called a dangerous and irrational man. We are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before. And that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. In simple words, Cheney delivered a blunt warning to Republicans that they cannot be loyal to both Donald Trump and to the Constitution. Craig? Our Chief White House Correspondent, Peter Alexander. You know, but here's the thing. None of that matters until they get everybody. None of that matters until they get everybody under oath. Until they get everybody under oath. So now I want to also get to the suspected driver of the human smuggling has been arrested now. I want to um, hear this. Arrested yesterday on charges of human smuggling resulting in death. Authorities used surveillance video to help identify the suspect. On Monday, 53 migrants were found dead after being trapped in sweltering conditions inside the trailer of that semi truck in all. Wow. Now, this is the latest with that uh, Casey Hutchinson. Folks, you can't ignore. Well, actually, let me get to the gas prices right now. ...are expected to hit the road. Today's national average for gas, $4.86. That's actually down nearly a dime since last week. That's the good news. But if you look back at last year's 4th of July, prices are up nearly $1.75 since then. So there's a situation on the roads. If you're flying, we can tell you already, more than 730 flights have been canceled or delayed today. A brutal summer for passengers rolling off. Well, we got it all covered. We're going to help you get through it. As few hassles as possible, we hope. Al's ready with the forecast, and we think it's going to be a nice getaway day. Let's go to NBC Sam Brock. He's in Pompano Beach, Florida this morning. Hi, Sam. Savannah, Craig, good morning. This is the highest that gas prices have ever been for the July 4th holiday, just under $5 a gallon. And yet, the vast, vast majority of travelers are driving. As guys say, the experts say, the worst time you can hit the road is in the next few hours between 2 and 8 p.m. today. This morning, records ready to be broken on the roads. Nearly 90% of Americans traveling this holiday weekend going by car. And according to AAA's forecast, 42 million people are hitting the road, edging out last year's total, as you'll find common sites and service plazas all over the country. SUVs spilling over with suitcases and parents driving their kids to destinations like Disney World despite eye-popping gas prices. How did you make that calculation? Well, I guess it was no calculation due to it's her birthday. So we just like, you know what, we're going to just come. Perhaps a reflection of families fed up with the pandemic and willing to accept the trade-off to make their kids smile this summer. The Fridays likely taking their daughters to Legoland. It's worth the price at the pump. An alternative route to rising costs using electric cars for road trips. This mom says she's paying about 80% less in fuel. I'm just so glad that, you know, I had the vehicle and I see big, big, you know, differences in, in, in prices. For those braving the roads, some areas expected to see massive spikes in congestion. Atlanta's I-85 and D.C.'s Beltway later today. Still, Americans deciding you can't put a price on holiday fun. One piece of 
Good news. AAA says that car rentals are 34% cheaper this year than last year if you can get one. And in terms of the best times to go back, Sunday and Monday are expected to have low congestion all day. But of course, Savannah, that's a holiday. Back to you. That's exactly right. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, 131. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380. And also 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought by It's My Health. Because it's your health. Stop in and see our friend Marie. She's open right now. We chat with her on Fridays. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality and integrity. Local products, acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, and hemp and CBD products. It's my health. And she also has CBD products for her, for pets, hemp and CBD for pets. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport restaurant stop in and see marie so folks right now at um 132 it's 132 on this on this thursday boy it feels like a friday just because it sounds like everyone's getting ready already for the um but there's still a lot of news happening for the um for the holiday big holiday weekend weather should be decent but i want to go through we have up on the website tobitro.com the North Kingstown man charged with storming the Capitol, trespassing day. Also, the driver, you heard Tim Dodd earlier, our legal expert, the driver in the crash that killed Olivia Pessaretti has been indicted on felony charges. And the girlfriend who was hiding him, by the way, also, as a matter of fact. So this is interesting. Langevin, Jim Langevin is endorsing Seth Magaziner. Huh. He is endorsed to take the seat. So that's what their press availability. It's actually happening right now. Huh. He is endorsing him. Um, Let me see if we have any sound on that. They're doing a press availability, obviously, because of the nature of the timing. We cannot uh, be there for that. Let me see if we anybody's there. We could dip in a little bit, so to speak. Protesters are outside the Supreme Court. Um, I don't see anything there. Let me check one of the... uh, Boom, boom, boom. Um, Not that one. Um, Let me see if he's doing anything. And the answer is it's kind of a last minute thing uh that looks like a no i think (laughs) i can't tell i'm trying to find someone that may be carrying it otherwise we'll see it it possible that um magaziner has something going is that possible nope uh, let me just check to see if he has, because they're doing a, a media availability. Um, nothing there. Uh, maybe I should have done it. No one else is doing this. Uh, anyone doing anything? Oh. Are they live right now? Okay, here we go. Oh, that was it. Oh, here we go. Looks as Landsman and Seth Magazina. One white male endorsing another white male. I always felt the deep sense of duty to give good public service to the people of Rhode Island, which made my decision not to run again one of the hardest decisions of my life. But as I announced, 
January, it's time for me to try the new course. I'm so proud of all that we've achieved together, expanding access to quality affordable health care, with passage to the Affordable Care Act, we've done to improve education, especially career and technical education. The work we've done to strengthen our national security, especially cyber security, and opening up doors for opportunities for people with disabilities, to helping our state to recover from the once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, and so much more. And yet, all that progress is at stake if we allow Republicans to be in this seat, take back the House, and begin rolling back all of the gains that we've made. Why? Oh, listen to him. He's going to be in power, Benjamin. He's going to be in power. Oh, listen to him. You should know with your insider trading. We simply cannot take a chance on letting Republicans win this seat. They're going to win it anyway. Our party must unite behind the strongest candidate in the race. And just as you trusted me these last 22 years, you to trust me now. Folks, this is Landman endorsing Seth Magazine. Because Kevin McCarthy, Donald Trump, and the far right oh are going to become God. radicalized. 
and they will do anything they can to win elections, even What's if it means talking? undermining our democratic process, and we cannot let that happen. There is so much at stake in this race. Now, when I announced for Congress a few months back, I told you that it was one of the hardest decisions I had ever made. And the reason that I was running is because I knew that this was going to be a tough race and we are going to have to put our best foot forward as a Democratic Party to hold on to the seat in November. I told you then, and not everybody believed me at the time, that this was a seat that the Republicans were going to target, that they were going to pour a lot of resources in, yep. and that in a midterm year, in a difficult national environment, we as Democrats could not take this seat for granted. I think now, after this week, people are finally starting to believe us that this is going to be a competitive race in November. We're going to lose, Harry. The strongest possible Democratic campaign. If you take one thing away from my message today, it's this. We are going to win this race in November. Wow. We are going to what about September? We are going to beat the Republicans. We are going to keep the seat in Democratic control. And we are going to send Rhode Island values to Congress once again. What does that mean? Here's how we're going to do it. We are going to make sure that Rhode Islanders understand that on They're every not issue win the primary. that they care about, we are on their side and Alan Fung is on the other side. Whoa. I'm protecting Social Security and Medicare. I will fight to the nail to protect those programs against cuts. The very first vote that Alan Fung would take in Congress would be to put Kevin McCarthy in charge of Congress. And he was Boy, one of the co-authors so afraid of Fung. Paul Ryan's plan to privatize Social Security and cut Medicare. They are so terrified. On the Affordable Care Act. Alan Fung was against the Affordable Care Act as a mayor. He came out against it. I wow. To preserve and expand the Affordable Care Act. On the right to choose, I fought to codify Roe v. Wade protections here at the state level in Rhode Island. At the federal level, I will fight to codify Roe v. Wade nationally. Alan Fong is against codifying Roe wow. v. Wade at the federal level, just like he was against it at the state level. On common sense gun safety legislation, the Boston Globe poll this week showed once again overwhelming support for an assault weapons ban. And we know that there's also overwhelming support for other common sense gun safety measures like red flag laws. Alan Fung opposed the red flag law a few years ago to take guns away from domestic abusers who are a danger to themselves or others. And the list goes on and on. So the reason that we are going to win this race is we're going to make sure everybody knows, and you all are going to help us do You're this, in a primary. what our positions are and what his positions are. Because where we are is where most Rhode Island voters are. Where he is is with the extreme of the far right down in Washington. Wow. And so the next four months no are going to be a lot of fun. No one believes that. Because... His whole you have a primary. is to hope that people don't know what his positions are. Wow. That is not insulting. a winning strategy. Our strategy is to make sure that voters are educated, that they know what our positions are, what his positions are, and the difference between the two. And so I want to get out there. I want to have 20 debates with him. I bet he wants to have zero <laughs> because he doesn't want people to know. You're, you didn't really even win the primary. Uh, and I know that all of you and, and the media are going to help us do this. Over the next four months... You are going to do your part to make sure that he doesn't dodge and filibuster on basic questions about what his positions are. And we are certainly going to do our part to make sure voters know about that contrast, those contrasts as well. So this is going to be a fun four months. It's going to be a successful four months. And I am tremendously grateful to Congressman Langevin. I think his vote of endorsement is a tremendous boost for our campaign. And I know that voter. I mean, I don't think he's ever lost an election. I think voters in Rhode Island trust Jim's judgment, and I'm uh, very pleased and, and very grateful that, uh, in his judgment, our campaign is the best one to keep the seat in Democratic control and represent the second district in Washington. We're happy to take any questions, and I thank you Are all you very much. Are you running scared, Mr. Magaziner? No. I just said we're going to win because we are on the same side as most voters on every issue that matters. Question for Congressman Langevin. If Seth Magaziner is serving as a vote of the residents of the 2nd District, why is this such a competitive race? And if you pull through microphone, please.
professional like you see. Yeah, uh, you're saying Seth Mack Sr. is the guy, he should be your successor. This, everything indicates this is a very competitive race. If it's so clear in your view that Seth is the guy, why are voters so closely divided on this? Well, I think they're just starting to look at the, the race right now. I'm confident that Seth has uh, the, the, the right position. Boy, they are running scared. Experience uh, to go to Washington and effectively represent the Islands. This race right now, uh, I think right now is perhaps about personalities, and I think Seth uh, got it laid out that you know, yeah, I'm sure that uh, Seth's the Republican opponent just wants to make sure that they, uh, they vote on personality and not uh, on positions. And it's going to be Seth's job to be out there. This is Langevin. Wow, how arrogant of this guy. About the sharp, sharp contract that Seth Magazine stands for. Formidable an opponent. Can what, 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 what about his opponent, Sarah Morgenthal, Joy Fox, David Siegel? Fung's a friend. Wow. Good line. Langevin calls Fung a friend. You made a point of you made a point of pointing out that you served in the, when the Democrats were in the minority. Uh, how difficult is that? Well, it's always important to reach out across the aisle. I've always said, you know, I, I can get along with anyone. But there's a will to, to uh, roll the sleeves and, and, and work on issues and solve problems. You can do it. But it really does matter uh, more, it is equally important, of who's in charge, who's controlling the agenda, uh, which speaker of the House it is. Is it going to be uh, a Democratic speaker of the House? Or is it going to be a Republican speaker of the House? You may not get the opportunity to vote on those bipartisan things. It's a far right uh, conservative uh, majority which uh, Republicans have kept the party for great, uh, very close to Donald Trump. Uh, we continue to more the policies. And again, so weak by land. Thank 
street and the Democratic primary and then continue that momentum and launch it. Okay. Is that Treasurer, have you moved to the district? Still in process, but we will. Treasurer, um, at the Democratic convention, despite the presence of multiple candidates, you won overwhelmingly. Endorsing Seth Magazine of his And I'd say most importantly for me as a father, once again, uh, I want my child to grow up in a well-functioning democracy. Uh, I think we've all been watching the January 6th hearings, and um, oh my God. we are in a very dangerous time in our country. I really believe that the American people deserve to know the truth of what happened around January 6th and the lead-up to January 6th. And the American people deserve to have members of Congress who are going to fight to preserve our democracy, not just take quick wins. And that is what's at stake in this election. We cannot let the Kevin McCarthy's and Jim Jordan's... You have a primary, Harry. Those are not the values that... Hey, Seth, you have a primary. primary. We're going to let happen in this race. Yeah, I think the action and Congress as well... To add to this point, the vote that is going to be definitive... Uh, Boy, they are nervous about fun. They want to be Congress and who the next congressman is going to vote for the speaker. And clearly Alan Fung is going to vote for a couple of Congress Republican speaker and several vote for the Democratic speaker. They're out of the mix. The Republicans are going to have the House. That's where the different values take place. And different values. Republican speaker means that the most conservative things right with him, how the going to come up for a vote. The speaker says the agenda of set up those numbers for. We don't want a Republican majority being voiced as a conservative being corporate bills to the before. It's going to happen anyway. What was your reaction uh, in the first district earlier this week? Uh, the Republican candidate said to Steve, I think, that he's going to make an issue out of data consciousness and media sexuality, comparing to he's never had sex with a man. Um, and he did win the endorsement of the Republicans last night. What was your reaction? To that? Well, again, it just shows how out of step the national Republicans are with Rhode Island values. And this is yet another example. I know I'm repeating myself over and over, but it's important that people know these distinctions. Will he working for rights for LGBTQ Rhode Islanders? Alan Fong, as a mayor, was against marriage equality. On the record. And once again, he is going to vote for Kevin McCarthy and others uh, who are looking to turn back the clock on fundamental rights. It's not just abortion rights, as important as that is, but fundamental rights, like the rights for equality for LGBTQ uh, Americans. So, there are real distinctions no one's in this race this. on policy, and on every single one of them, our position is in line with the values of Rhode Islanders, and our opponents does not. I think it was... Uh, I was going to say that he finds Alan to be a nice guy, likes him. Yeah. How do you feel about the first one? He 
he's a nice guy, but the bar should be higher than that to represent Rhode Island in Congress. I, I think it was a Cook report that put this race from uh, solidly Democrats to toss-up. Yeah. What do you think of that? And are you concerned uh, that you may get outspent? That that may attract the more Republican money. So again, I'm having flashbacks here to the press conference that I think many of you were at when we announced for Congress four or five months ago, and I said over and over, this is going to be a tough race in November. The Republicans nationally are targeting this seat. They're going to put a lot of money in. They're going to win. We've known this since we got in. In fact, it's a big part of why I got in, is because I felt that we needed to have a strong Democratic campaign. He's rattled. What the Republicans are going to throw at us. He is so rattled. It's not surprising, Um, and I am glad that it's waking people up to the fact that we've got to work like hell to hold this seat. Folks, it's 156. Here we go. Will you have a debate? Really quick, uh, Treasurer, uh, I know you said that you weren't running, but would you say getting the endorsement for this will be, be a way of as an act of desperation, considering how concerned you are with uh, and the idea of Rhode Island losing this seat? No. I mean, look, I've won the second district twice before, last time with more than 60% of the vote. We've outraised every candidate, including Alan Fung, by a significant margin. We have the support of a range of organizations, the National Organization for Women, the League of Conservation Voters, the AFL. CIO, the Rhode Island Democratic Party, Congressman Landry, and the people of the 2nd District have trusted for the last 22 years. Um, we are running a very strong campaign, and we are going to win, most importantly because we are where the voters are on every issue that matters to people. Um, but that being said, this is a very exciting and very helpful boost to our campaign, no doubt, uh, because the voters of the 2nd District trust uh, Congressman Landry's judgment. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. You know, that is, um, folks, uh, again, I, I don't have an answer for that. I wasn't there. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. He just said he would debate Alan Fung 20 debates. I want to have 20 debates with him. That shows he's nervous. They're very concerned. You want to talk about arrogant. Seth Magaziner has not won the primary. Notice how he kept saying, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to win the primary. So one white male endorses another white male. Now, I don't like to second guess and tell the media and different people how to do their job, but if he just said he'd be, he'd be willing to have 20 debates with Alan Fung, to me, a natural question would be, would you be are you going to debate your Democrat opponents? Will you debate them 20 times? Why would you debate Fung 20 times, but you won't debate the other people? The fact that they're having this desperation press conference endorsement from Langevin shows just how serious this question is. They're afraid of Fung. Republican money is going to come in. Lance is out. Fung basically is a clear shot uh, within through the primary. So this is... Um, that was very interesting to listen to. I'm going to try to go to more of these, depending on the times, but I would ask that question. And I'm telling you, he's got to watch. He's got two opponents he's really going to be worried about. One is that Sarah Morgenthau, and the other is that David Siegel. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePedro. We will be doing Facebook Live later. I want you to enjoy this Thursday. Stay tuned for the Tourcock News. If you would like to reach me, please go to the website, DePetro.com. And you can click on Contact John. We have unique original stories there, a lot more. You can also go into the shop. It all begins and ends at the website, which is depetro.com. Listen, enjoy this Thursday. We are on the air tomorrow. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI Winsocket, W260DC. WNRI.